Hey everybody, it's Lon Seidman. It's time once again for your weekly wrap-up, and you've probably been hearing a lot of talk about UFOs lately with that big report coming out soon. And I have been fascinated with this topic for a number of years now, and I'm going to give you a list of things that I have watched, read, and listened to that I think you might find of interest too. Let's get to it. Now, in addition to just being interested in this topic in general, I had a sighting of my own as a teenager. My father lives near the beach here in Connecticut, and one night, the dog had to go outside late at night. Everybody was asleep. I went downstairs to let the dog out, and when I looked up in the sky, right overhead was something that looked like this. There was a big light in the middle and a bunch of lights kind of swirling around it like you see on screen here. And it scared the you-know-what out of me because I had no idea what it was. It wasn't making any noise. And these were like spotlights, like they were attached to something. I couldn't see a craft or anything like that. Uh, But again, it was totally silent. And my assumption at the time was that this was somebody testing something uh, down at the local carnival that was running that night because they often had these spotlights that they would use to kind of paint the sky uh, so people would know to come to the event. But these spotlights would go up into the air. They were not able to project an image overhead that would look anything like this. But at the time, I just chalked it up to that. And by the time I looked back outside, when I got enough nerve to take another peek, it was gone. And again, I just chalked it up to the carnival lights. Even though the carnival had shut down a few hours before, I thought, ah, maybe they're just testing something or whatever. And then when I talked to some other people on the beach the next morning, they said, hey, did you see that? It was just up there for a minute or two, but it was like there. And then they looked again and it was gone. Weird thing. We'll never know what it is, but it was something that I remember very vividly. I can still see it in my head, and it certainly freaked me out. Now, if you're interested in the background as to why everyone's talking about this issue, it's because the U.S. Congress has asked the Department of Defense to produce a report by the end of this month, giving the public a good idea as to everything that the Department of Defense knows about UFOs, and of course they're calling them UAPs, which are Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Uh, The Pentagon has admitted that they are seeing things that they don't know the source of. They don't know whether they're from another country, from another planet, or in the ocean, or whatever. They just know that they are encountering things that pilots are seeing. They're picking these things up on instruments at the same time they're seeing them. And members of Congress are getting concerned that there might be a foreign adversary out there that might have leapfrogged the U.S. in technology or something else. And they just want to know what it is so we're not caught flat-footed when uh, something more sinister comes out of these things. And there's a good 60 Minutes report that I think will give you a good overview as to how we got to where we are and why we're talking about this. Now, this issue went mainstream back in 2017 when the New York Times issued the report that you see here on screen. This was on the front page, and it detailed three different videos that were leaked to the Times from a Pentagon insider. And these videos all showed uh, unusual aircraft that the Pentagon could not identify. And the videos themselves were not actually classified, which was why they were able to be leaked to the media. And this kind of opened up the whole thing. And the Pentagon later acknowledged that these were real, And then they released the videos themselves about a year or two later. And that was a big deal for uh, people who follow this topic because the government has never really acknowledged that they uh, have seen things that they can't identify. And each of these craft was exhibiting uh, characteristics that a normal aircraft could not do. And although a lot of people have been criticizing this because it's just really hard to see and it's fuzzy, 
Uh, there's other instrumentation that they did not release that goes along with these images that details the fact that this was getting picked up on radar visually via these uh, FLIR sensors and also from radar stations on naval ships in some instances as well. So there's a lot of other data that correlates what these pilots saw and leads to this uh, determination that these are unidentified objects of some kind. And the two people that are most responsible for releasing this are Lou Elizondo and Christopher Mellon. And definitely follow them on Twitter if you want to keep up on this topic. Uh, Lou Elizondo was in the Pentagon uh, in an office that was established to research or at least investigate some of these unknown sightings. It was called ATIP. And he was ultimately the one that got those videos released because he was frustrated that nobody at the Pentagon was taking this seriously. They were just ignoring it. He tried to go up to the Secretary of Defense with this, and the uh, people around the Secretary didn't want him getting briefed on the topic because they thought it would be uh, politically dangerous for him. Other people, he said, were concerned about looking into this topic on religious grounds, and he finally had enough quit and released the videos. Uh, Christopher Mellon worked inside the Pentagon uh, as a civilian. He was working for uh, the former Secretary of Defense under President Clinton, but he stuck around in the George W. Bush administration also. And he had a lot of experience within uh, the intelligence uh, bureaucracy there and was also helpful in getting these things out there. And now he's been very active lobbying Congress to get this report passed, which is something that he and others were able to achieve. Now, another person worth following in all of this is Brian Bender, who is a Pentagon correspondent for Politico. He's been covering this story since the get-go, and he recently published a great expose about how it all came to be. And what really intrigued me about this story is that the prime connector for all of these players in this issue is a TV reporter from Las Vegas named George Knapp. Now, George Knapp was good friends with Harry Reid, uh, who was, of course, the Senate Majority Leader for some time and the Senate Minority Leader for some time and had a lot of influence in Congress. Harry Reid was secretly interested in this topic that George was covering frequently, but he didn't want people to know publicly. But what he did do was he put in about $22 million into the Pentagon to require them to start researching some of these sightings that he kept hearing about. And George Knapp introduced Harry Reid to Robert Bigelow, uh, who is an aerospace executive who's also very interested in exploring this topic. Bigelow got the contract to assist the Pentagon with the investigation. They published a 494-page report that is still classified. And the person who was running the Pentagon office that we talked about a few minutes ago was Lou Elizondo. So it kind of all started... Uh, with George Knapp, who got the ball rolling here. Uh, George Knapp, by the way, has his own YouTube channel called Mystery Wire. I think the TV station he works for in Las Vegas is running it for him, but he is very uh, frequently uploading content, both stories that he's doing for his TV station, but also work that he's been doing with Jeremy Corbell, who's a filmmaker. Now, Corbell has been releasing more leaked, unclassified footage of some of these objects, you might have seen this one recently of an object that appeared to splash into the water. Corbell says that the Navy sent a submarine after it and they did not find any wreckage that they could see anywhere. Uh, there was also uh, this video of what looks like pyramids floating in the sky above a naval warship. And then they most recently 
I have this footage of a radar screen showing some odd things floating around again near a naval warship. So those are all worth checking out, and I'm sure we'll be seeing more uh, once this report is officially issued. Now, the Pentagon, for its part, very quickly acknowledged that all three of these newly leaked videos are legitimate, and it's been fascinating to see now the Pentagon just openly acknowledging that there's stuff out there that they can't identify, and it looks like there's a new seriousness about these things that is worthy of investigation. And because the Pentagon is appearing to take this more seriously and not ignoring it, uh, that has led to more and more credible people coming forward to talk about their experiences. One of the first and most notable is a retired pilot, David Fravor, uh, who is an F-18 Super Hornet pilot, a Top Gun pilot, one of the best in the Navy. And he actually chased one of these things, and he has a crazy account of what he experienced. And what's most notable is not only did he see it, his aircraft measured it. So he was seeing things on his instrumentation that aligned with what he was seeing with his eyes. Additionally, people back in his naval battle group were also tracking these things remotely. In fact, he was dispatched to check this thing out because radar systems were picking them up uh, throughout the course of the exercises that they were taking. He's got a great interview that I've got linked on screen here with Lex Fridman, and he's also made a number of other media appearances as well. And after he came out, other pilots have been coming out with their own stories too. Now, if you're new to this topic, there's a great film that I would suggest checking out called The Phenomenon, and it goes through a lot of the things that people who've been following UFOs for a while are very familiar with, but they do a good job, I think, of telling the story. Uh, but the thing that I found the most interesting was the conclusion of the movie where they visit a school in Zimbabwe. And this is a crazy story, but apparently a whole schoolyard full of kids saw some kind of craft fly over, land outside of their playground, and a number of kids spotted a creature come out of the UFO and apparently communicate with them telepathically. And I know it sounds totally crazy, but you gotta watch it because the stories these kids tell is consistent from one kid to the next, very detailed, and the look on their faces is one of fear. It's just a chilling uh, story. And they actually went back and found some of the kids that experienced this and interviewed them in their 30s now. And again, I know this sounds totally crazy, but I'm telling you, just watch that last scene and tell me what you think uh, in the comment stream. I showed it to my wife and a few other people who are just not interested in this topic at all and don't believe in any of it. And all of them are just eerily captivated by these kids and their sincerity. So check it out. And again, let me know what you think. Uh, if you don't want to buy or rent the movie, there is an interview with James Fox, the filmmaker, where he talks a little bit more about this, and it'll give you an idea as to the context as to why uh, it's just such a compelling story. So definitely check it out. A couple other things worth watching if you are really looking to dive into this is the show Unidentified Inside America's UFO Investigation. Uh, this is on the History Channel, but it's a lot better than some of the other alien stuff that they typically run. And the two Pentagon insiders we talked about earlier, Lou Elizondo and Christopher Mellon, were a part of this production. So they've got a lot of credible military witnesses who come forward to talk about their experiences. I felt the first season was a little stronger than the second season, but both are really interesting and worth checking out. 
Another show on the History Channel has also been captivating me, which is The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. And this is like one of those uh, you-name-it kind of paranormal shows because it's got UFOs, creatures, cattle mutilations, all sorts of crazy stuff. But these things are actually happening at this Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. And this was owned by Robert Bigelow, who spent many years trying to study all the weird things that happened there. And he also got some government money to do that. And they could not come up with any repeatable uh, examples or experiments as to exactly what was happening on the ranch. But the first season of the show was good. The second season's equally good. And one of the scientists who's in the show uh, actually got radiation burns on his face from some weird thing. And they've got all these crazy measurements that they're taking. I mean, you got to watch it because it's really fascinating stuff. Uh, so check out the Skinwalker Ranch show. There's also a couple of books that I read recently. One is on the Skinwalker topic. It's written by George Knapp, uh, who's friends with Bigelow, but also has a lot of experiences from the scientists that were hired to try to figure out what was going on on that ranch. And then another book that I'm in the middle of right now is one by Leslie Keene. And she was one of the writers of that New York Times story. And in this book, she's collected a number of very credible reports from militaries around the world about these UFO encounters that keep happening. And many of these reports are backed up by other data like radar and other sensor systems. Really fascinating read. And one of the themes that I'm seeing throughout all of these different pieces of media that we're talking about today is that there seems to be, at least on the part of the U.S. government, a desire to just not pay attention to whatever this is. I don't know if there's this big cover-up so much as it is that the U.S. policy has just been to ignore this stuff. And she explores some of the history of that policy in the beginnings of the book here. So definitely check it out. It's not crazy town here. This is really well-researched and well-written. Uh, the last piece here kind of goes along with that theme of just ignoring things. And this book is by an astronomer at Harvard named Avi Loeb. He's an outspoken astronomer, and he's got very strong opinions about the process of researching something called Oumuamua. Now, if you're not familiar with this, uh, it was an interstellar object, the first to be detected, that passed through our solar system. And what has astronomers so fascinated is that they couldn't get a good look at it, but they do know that on the way out, it sped up and it was not outgassing anything that would indicate it was a comet. So something propelled it out of the solar system. Loeb says it could very well be a natural occurrence, but it could also be some kind of extraterrestrial space junk with a solar sail maybe. And you have to have an open mind about all of these different possibilities when you're looking at things that you know nothing about. And this book demonstrates something happening in the scientific community that some of our other examples have shown permeating throughout other institutions like journalism, government, and the military, which is to ridicule or just ignore this notion of alien life that might be visiting us. It may not be, but it could be. And nobody's really exploring that option, but we're starting now to see that there are some changes happening within these institutions, maybe to take this notion more seriously. And if you think about it, we're spending billions trying to find bacteria on Mars. Why not spend a little bit of time and money and get some scientists together with military officers and other experts to try to figure out what it is that we are seeing out there that we can't explain. There could be a very good explanation for it, but we really haven't dived into it because everyone just has been ignoring it for so long. And I think that point is made in this book 
and from our Pentagon insiders and everyone else that's been involved in this story. And I think you're going to see this really start taking off now that people are willing to give this a serious look. And I think we've seen a lot of change over the last two years since this story broke. So what's next? Well, that report is going to come out towards the end of the month. Uh, the New York Times uh, got a leaked copy of it or an insider called the Times to give them a leak about it. And it looks as though we're not going to, of course, have any evidence that we're being visited by aliens, but the Pentagon report's not going to rule it out either. And that report also won't rule out the possibility that these are humans that are driving all of this technology also. But I think what will happen as a result of this report is that we're going to be seeing many more examples of incidents that have happened over the last 20 years that can't be explained. And I think this will drive further conversation and hopefully lead to some policy changes that try to look into this topic a little bit deeper. It also looks like NASA might be more involved with this. They really haven't been talking about this or being involved with it at all. Uh, but the new director of NASA, uh, Bill Nelson, a retired senator who also flew on the space shuttle as a congressman, uh, said that he's very interested in getting NASA involved with this and would be very eager to uh, lend some of his scientists to the cause, although nothing formally has been discussed yet. I think after this report comes out, uh, Congress will probably take further action to continue looking into it. And part of this report is going to be classified uh, primarily because the instruments that are being used to measure these things are classified themselves, not necessarily the things that they're measuring, because you don't want to let adversaries know what your capabilities are. Uh, so I think we'll have a portion of the report that we won't have access to, but I think we might be getting more than we think we'll be getting. And I am just as eager to read it as I'm sure all of you are as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, this week's wrap-up is being brought to you by all of you, and I want to thank two Super Chatters who contributed this week during one of my live streams, Wolf Factor 56 and Thomas Anfang. We also have two new supporters here on the channel. Silvio Poggi gave via our donor box page, and R. Glaum became our newest YouTube member. And you, too, can support the channel by going to lon.tv support to find that donor box page. We also support Patreon, the YouTube membership program, and Floatplane. You can find me in a lot of other places as well, including my Extras channel, where we've got supplementary content and unboxings. We have the audio version of this show, which is my podcast. You can subscribe to my very e infrequent email list at lon.tv email, where I let you know about upcoming special events. We got the Facebook group, uh, which is growing day by day. We're going to be getting a Discord going soon as well. And then we got my store, where I sell previously used items at prices lower than new. And you can get an alert every time I add something to the store by signing up for that email list that you see on screen right there. That is going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. Thank you all for your continued viewership and for indulging me on this UFO topic because I have been fixated on it for a while now. And I've been eager to share with you what I have been consuming related to it. And I've been looking for the real credible stuff that 
really has some evidence behind it. So hopefully you find all of this content interesting if you haven't yet encountered it. That's going to do it for now. Until next time, this is Lon Seibin. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including Gold Level supporters Chris Allegretta, Tom Albrecht, Jim Callagher, Hot Sauce and Video Games, and Brian Parker. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv support to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.